Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855kHz on your AM dial. I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. Hi, I'm Bill, and each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the recovery programs that assist those suffering directly or indirectly from addiction to drugs, alcohol, gambling and food. Our guests share their recovery story and highlight that shared experience saves lives. Welcome. Uh, today our guest is a compulsive gambler who's recovering with the help of Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, I'd like to welcome Tony to the show. Hi, Tony. Uh, good day. How are you? Good. Tony, we usually talk about growing up and the influences of family and the sort of things that attracted you to gambling. So what was your early family life like? I grew up in Melbourne. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I've been, I've got an older brother. Basically, I don't think my dad wasn't a gambler or anything like that. My dad didn't gamble at all. My mum didn't gamble. They were hard workers. They provided. I went to school like normal kids did. I had a bit of sense of, uh, I a little bit of fear back then, you know. I, I didn't understand it at that time. I was really like, yeah, I, was, I don't know if I was selfish. I don't think I was selfish. I was, I was caring, but I was really had a, just a bit of fear. I, I always remember, you know, my dad was pretty tough, but not in a physical way. He was just a tough guy, you know. Like he was him, he immigrated to Australia with my mum. They got married again and to sort of, yeah, didn't get much much time, I believe. I mean, looking back at it now, like what I would want with my family, but they were good. You know, my dad provided. You know, we always had food on the table. We you know, had a bed. They were hard working. Yeah. So, what was school like? Yeah, I went to high school. You know, just the normal stuff like normal kids do, I suppose. Was it difficult making friends and things? And it wasn't in primary school. I had a lot of friends. I had, I had, you know, I had a lot of friends at primary school. When I got to high school, it was a bit different. Um, but I had friends. I mean, I had the local kids and I had the school friends. No, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. But I found still a, a sense of fear in myself. You know, I was trying to always prove myself I was better. You know, and sometimes I used to look at myself, I was worse. I was always trying to be better. I was always trying to be better. I don't know why I was doing that. But educational sense, I was okay. I was average student. I wasn't the smartest kid in the thing. I used to talk a lot and stuff like that. That was just a sense of fear that not knowing now and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. What about your older brother? Did you have a good relationship with him? I was all right. I was, I mean, we were always together, but we, yeah, it was okay. I mean, we we hung around like at home together and stuff like that. It wasn't, it was not too bad, actually. I don't think it was that bad, but. We didn't get into the nitty-gritty, you know, discuss our lives together. Yeah. We still don't. Um, yeah. It was okay. We used to play cricket and play the same soccer team. We used to play cricket at home in the backyard, stuff like that. But there wasn't no emotional talk, you know, like, you know, talk about things. Sport, we used to do a lot together. But talking about, like, things, we didn't really discuss, you know, deep stuff and things like that. No, I never remember that. Yeah. So do you think you're influenced by your brother? 
Not really. I don't think I was influ- influenced by him in that sense. No, I was always more. I was always more protecting him for some reason. I don't know why. Looking back, can you say can you say any reason? Yeah, I can see it. I was I was caring. I always used to care about him. I thought you know things like that because as kids sometimes we can misbehave in different. We had we grew up like in, when I was younger with kids that were. So I don't like saying they were bad, but yeah, I knew the bad and the the good, you know. And yeah, I used to say, you know, I used to say to him, you know, they're they're no good, but things like that, and try to, you know, he was older, so you know, things like that. But I don't blame anyone for it. It's just what it was meant to be at the time. But looking back at it now, yeah, I try not to get involved with people like that today. Yeah, as long as long they're like. Yeah, I, I mean, if I meet someone, I don't want to judge them, but if they're doing something look I don't like, I don't want to hang around with them. But when I was younger, you know, I couldn't choose which friends to be honest. You're asking me a question because sometimes I'll go with that type of person, that type of Like I said, it was a bit of insecurity in me. I was trying to chase it more than let it happen, you know. And yeah, I can, I can understand it now. Mm. So when were you exposed to gambling for the first time? I, I actually didn't like gambling. I mean, I, I used gambling took my life when I got married. After that, but I I drank. See, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic too. Right. I haven't drank for 15 years or to 17 years, but all that ties in. I got married. I mean, I did gamble, but I wasn't full on into it. I didn't like it. I mean, I used to go to the pub and gamble for a beer and things like that. I mean, I started gambling when I was about. When I got married. I got married about 28, and then after. I started gambling after that, and then it, it destroyed my life. I mean, I got divorced and I couldn't get out of it. It was a, it was a, yeah, it was a cycle. You know, that cycle went on for ten years. You know, I lost a lot of money. Um, I lost my marriage, and stay. I had a little child at the time, and things like that. But I, I couldn't get out of it. I mean, I played. I remember the first time I gambled. You know, I did go to. I went to America when I was twenty. I ne- I went to Trump Hotel. I never g- gambled. I didn't like gambling. I didn't. My dad didn't wasn't a gambler, so I liked the money. I liked the easy life. I think it was more that. And then once I got married, I went to the – we were playing soccer and the game got postponed and then the pokies came to Australia, Melbourne, sorry, and, um, and we were having a few drinks. It was, it was on a Sunday and the game came. We were just sitting there. I said, I'll just go have a bet. I don't know what made me do that. And I won a little bit of money. And – I thought this is a good, you know, maybe I should come here sometimes, you know, just to you know, get away because the pub sort of closed the billiards and all that. And then I got, I used to go there and spend like $50 and I don't know. And then I used to think, yeah, I spent $50 and then go home. And then 50 went to 100. Then I used to think, why can't I win more money? Then I won more money a week's wage, you know, $700. I was losing about $100 and I was, I was just got married. It was about a year. Yeah. And then I won 700 and I went and done something stupid. And I think the guilt got me what I did. And then the marriage failed after that. I couldn't stop gambling. And, yeah, it just it, it destroyed it. it. just destroyed everything. I, I gambled for the next 10 years until I got to GA. I was on a weekly basis. I used to get paid and go. I used to say to myself, I'm not going to go. And I used to go and lose all my money, all my pay every week for, for the first four, five years after that. But, yeah, once I got divorced. Wow. So do you want to talk about... I guess after you won some money on your first playing the pokies. So was it the money or was it the, the thrill, do you think? To be honest, it was um, probably both, you know, because 
Not at the time, because I was married. I knew I was doing the wrong thing. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't lose all your. I lost the, the first. I remember the first time I lost my wage, and I was pretty financially. I was okay because my parents. We had a few units, and I was financially okay with it. You know, I didn't have like any mortgages, and she worked, and I worked. But I remember losing my first whole pay, and I had to go home, and I didn't know how to. I was dishonest. I didn't tell her. You know what I mean? And. So it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know what it was at the start. It wasn't, it wasn't excitement. I, I, I suppose I used to go there to get away. I, I say to get away from the marriage to find excitement. Yeah, it was excitement. Yeah, to win the money and then to do stupid things with it because then, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was more excitement at the start. I suppose it was. I suppose that's what it was. I've never really looked at it like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite an exciting person. I, I like to be really excited and really and I've learned that's no good for me, you know, too excited. Yeah. <laughs> because gambling is just a form of – I've been around a long time in GA, in, in, in the fella, you know, like the GA program. I know now I need to control my excitement. I know when to go. Because even before gambling, I used to go out in the clubbing every – like every week, and I'll go with different people. I used to think, why are you going out? You don't even want to go out. So it was excitement. Then it was the money later on because I always try to recuperate the money. The resentment hit me. I didn't know it was, I didn't understand resentment. There, I found, I learned that in the program. I found out that I was then trying to chase my winnings back. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I was not, I mean, I wasn't getting any. I remember when I got divorced, I gave, I mean, with the, with the money that I got from, from the settlement, I got my dad, I gave it to my dad. He said, give me your money. And I said, so I went back to live with him and I gave him my money. And actually, I, I um, lost my license drink driving then, and I sold my car and I gave him that. I don't, if he did, if I did, yeah, I wouldn't have told him. I would probably dr- drive at the time. But emotionally, I was pretty, I was pretty damaged at the time. Not just gambling, everything, but gambling actually destroyed me more. Then I, yeah, I just, I just couldn't stop. I just, I, I remember living at my dad's place and I asked him, you know, because I, I was at an age where I was at a mature age. I said to him, and I was living with him. I was like, oh, I can't stop. He goes, why don't, why don't you just not go there or just take a little bit of money? And I was, I was just think, looking at him thinking, I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, a lot of people find it hard to understand uh, the motivation. I think I was really hurt. I, I really, I think I wanted just, at that stage, just wanted money, but I wanted to hurt myself because of the marriage. I was disappointed. I was really angry with the marriage. I couldn't say these words at the time. I didn't know what they meant, you know. Like I said, you know, things like that. I was When I was a kid, I was really naive and just happy-lucky. You know, I never really learned about my emotional my emotional levels and my spiritual, what you were saying was a kid. You know, I didn't learn that. And I'm not going to blame my family for that. It was just what it is. It was meant for me to – it's it. Because I've learned in the program, I can't go back and change it then, you know. And when I got divorced, I got really – and I had a child. i never seen it for four years. I just gambled. But lucky I had a, my parents, I, we built a place. So I gave him my money and we built the place. So again, I was lucky in that sense. But I thought if I move out and live on my own, maybe I'll take some responsibility. But it, it got worse. It actually got the worst when I lived on my own. I remember my mum coming over and just bringing me food, you know. And I, I had this pasta sort of decoration in a, in a, in a jar. I either ate that. There was only a pasta jar for several years. I didn't have any food, you know. Uh, I share it in meetings, you know. And... Um, you know, I was working in a job that I hated. I was building tabaret chairs. I was working for a furniture place that worked. we used to go repair tabaret chairs. <laughs> Unbel- unbelievable. <laughs> I used to think, I'm fixing these chairs. And I'd, 
I was only supposed to be there for three three months. Someone because I lost my job. I it, my life just spiraled all the way down, you know. And I remember I didn't have a job, and then I started playing soccer again. I thought I'd play soccer. Maybe I was about thirty something years old, thirty one, something like thirty. And I moved out on my own. I thought I'd play soccer, and maybe I can just get back into you know fitness and stuff. And I remember he gave me a job. I, I, you know, my brother actually asked him to put a job for me. And I said, yeah, all right, I'll take it. I didn't have a license. He used to pick me up, a friend of mine, to go to work because I couldn't pay the bill. And then, um, yeah, it was a furniture place, but we used to do tabaret chairs. Like he had the cold boots and all that sort of stuff for him. And So looking back at your problems in your early marriage, is there anything that sort of stands out to you that sort of tipped you towards going to to gamble yeah 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 i drank i drank a bit like i wasn't i didn't know if i was an alcoholic at that time because i did party a lot and drink out you know that was now that i know why i done that i don't drink anymore i've been drinking myself for 20 years 204 my last drink yeah i remember she when we got married she sort of i smoked and she used to take me and she's a senior i mean i used to drink i didn't gamble with her i wasn't gambling them days on our honeymoon i gambled and i won but I wasn't in that addiction at that time. I just won. But I lost that money straight away what I won. I got really resentful because I wanted to buy something. But anyway, when we got married, I didn't get to know her. I used to drink. I used to just go out. I didn't get to form a relationship. In a, and I didn't know how to do that, to be honest. I, I actually didn't know how to form a relationship with a human being. You asked me about friendship. I, I really didn't know. I, I wasn't – I had friends, but I wasn't really – yeah, I never asked them about them. I, I was really self-centered. Now I know what self-centered means. I used to really talk about myself. I always wanted to make myself better, you know, because I was, I don't know why. I just didn't understand why I was doing that. It was a lot of ego, you know, I had nice cars and stuff. But I used to chase girls a lot because it making me feel good. But with my marriage, the same thing. I dated her for four years. I didn't really get to know her. We used to just, she used to pick me up. We used to go out, used to drink, have some fun. And I really didn't get to know her emotionally, spiritually, any way about her. I didn't even know nothing about her, to be honest. She used to ask me a lot of questions. And, and then she asked me to get married. She said, she, she, yeah, she asked me, what are we going to do? Are we going to get married? Or it was about four years into the dating. And I, we were out. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, my dad said, if you're not going to marry me, I'll just move on. I said, oh. oh. And, I, I, and I didn't know what to say. And I just went. Okay, and then I met her dad. I never met her dad before, and I went there, and then, I don't know, I said, give me two weeks. And <laughs> and then it worked out. I'll think about it. And I went, yeah. Well, there was a fear that I wanted to marry. I thought no one wanted me in my life. I had a lot of, because of that emotional level that I never got to, to um, and I'm still learning about it, to, to know, you know, about another human being, what I like about him, what I dislike about him. It was always... She was very nice when I met her. She was doing everything for me. But when I got married, it changed. I went, look, this person's different. Like, but it wasn't her. It was me. I, I just didn't want, you know, I didn't want to be married. And I probably resented her doing that to me. And then she asked me to have a kid. And that's when I started gambling. It was at that point. I said, I, I didn't know how to say no. I don't want to have a kid. I'm not ready, you know. I don't want to do this. You know, step up, Tony. You know, don't do it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I did. I suppose it was more of a trap than anything, you know. I wanted to have her, but I didn't. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty silly at the time. I, if I could go back and change it, I'll change it. I'll say no. But, you know, i got a daughter, but 
why I'll change it is to go through that motion. I mean, I went for a moment and got killed at places. I went to, after I got divorced, I, I done some silly things to myself. Again, gambling didn't help because I jumped cabs and, you know, I wasn't brought, I wasn't brought up that way. I knew, I knew a little bit of morals. I wouldn't do that, you know, to people, but I did. I did some stupid things, you know. I couldn't pay my bills, yeah. you know, on time. I, I couldn't do anything. I, I was always depressed. But the marriage, yeah, only lasted two years. And it wasn't financial because, like I said, I had I, – financially, I was okay. It was emotionally – I discussed it last night at a meeting. I said, I remember having a cup of tea. We sat at the front or coffee. I can't remember at the front of the place. And I didn't know what to say to her. I just looked at, I'm being honest. I, I really didn't talk like, I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to say, hi, how are you? I, I just, I didn't know how to do this sort of stuff. I know it sounds, it sounds, if you tell someone, you sound, what do you mean? It's, you know, and I wasn't like, I was a happy, lucky kid. I'll go out and party and have fun, but I never really asked. I don't remember asking anyone how they're going. Yeah. Okay, Tony, we better take a short break there. Uh, today we're featuring Kate Lee, and she's a singer-songwriter from Yapoon in Queensland. And this is her latest release, and it's called Smile. Enjoy.
a few children's picture books or footy boots that your kids have outgrown but want to find them a loving home we'll drop them in at 3CR and put them in the Books and Boots bin Books and Boots regularly sends pre-loved children's picture books and sports footwear to remote and regional First Nations communities and children across the country contact us at Books and Boots or go to the website www.booksandboots.org.au we love a good book Yeah, join me at 11 every Friday for some black and deadly sound. Please share community radio 855 on your end of the voice of the people of the people. Black and deadly Friday, Robbie Fort Radic Radio. You're listening to The Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you're interested in listening to one of our many podcasts, then you can head to your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free. On our webpage, you'll also find details about The Living Free Show and how you can contact us. Today I'm talking to Tony and we're talking about compulsive gambling and his, ga- his recovery in Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, so, Tony, you mentioned that you um, 
you started drinking as well. So do you want to talk a little bit about your, your drinking story, when, when you started drinking and why? I can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, basically, my first drink was probably just at a friend's place. We were, now, we were going out that night. I was about 15 years old. And it wasn't much. It was just a small chocolate cocktail with a bit of alcohol in it. And I got a bit of a sensation. And then after that, I used to just drink when we used to go out on, on, on um, weekends. And I sort of really enjoyed it. And then basically, I don't know, just, you know, then it was at the pub during the week. Then it was at the soccer club, you know, when I trained after, after training and things like that. And then basically it just spoiled after that. I mean, I didn't think I was an alcoholic or anything like that. Like I worked, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a girlfriend, you know, I went out, I had decent clothes and stuff like that. But I think when I got married, uh, I drank a couple of few times. We went out and... She said to me, why do you have to drink so much? And I said, oh, it's, it's free beer. <laughs> it's pretty stupid. And she, she just looked at me funny like we had a friend's place. I mean, I just didn't know what to say, you know. And nothing. that's when I started gambling. And after that, I was gambling too. And then the both, I don't know, just drank and gambled. Um, and then I met another woman. Once I got divorced, I met someone else. And... Yeah, I drank. I drank. I didn't drink it during the day. In the mornings, we I wasn't. A, I was more of a top-up drunk. You know, go out and drink a lot, um, and I couldn't control it. Like you know, I wouldn't have one or two. I'll just keep drinking once I picked up, and that's why I didn't drink every day because I was scared. But then, in in two oh two, like I got divorced in nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight, and uh, I lost my license for drink driving. I I couldn't pay my bill. I was gambling, drinking. And I was dating that woman and she was telling me, you know, Tony, I'm not a counsellor. You know, I was telling my problems that a child I've never seen for three, four years. And, and then I had a brother that went to AA and my mum said that he's getting beaten. You know, you know, your brother's doing the right thing. He's, you know, he's on the right track. And, and I had no hope, you know, I was, I was just lost. And I thought I'd just give it a go. I had nowhere else to go. So I went there and I'm still going there. And then it took me another... It took me another five years in that fellowship to give up gambling because I didn't want to go to two pro. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I just I thought I could do it in that program. And I remember in I went there two oh two in two oh seven. I remember playing pokies, but I wasn't playing as much. I was just playing in spurts, like every I could save me money and then I'll go and blow it all, you know. And I was thinking, geez, you know, this is no good. Uh, I can't stop. And I remember one time I was at a pokey venue in Preston and there was a, it was just me and this lady and um, there was the police station next little courtyard across the road. I had enough spirituality because I went to AA to see like, and I was really angry and I lost my money. I wanted to rip out the machine and I looked at her like really, really angry. Like, and I, that scared me like to look at a person that like she was in a cage, like she had a frame around and I thought I'll rather, I'll rip out the, that's how angry I got. And I walked out and I just prayed, I prayed. I said, I don't want to do this ever again. And nothing. I just went home and I sold. I had a BMW. I sold it. it was, I don't know why I sold it, but I met a, I met a friend. He was at, at uh, Safeway and I was buying some groceries or something. And this was the next day. And he was in the phone booth and he was, I don't know, he was in the phone booth and he wasn't, he didn't look good. He, and I said, how are you going? And he said to me, good, not bad. He said, you know, crap. And he was going for a divorce. And I know he gambled. And he came to my place every day for about four months. And then I said to him, and he, I took him to AA. I said, you're not an alcoholic, you're a gambler. 
And then he found GA. I said, you need to go to GA. And I, I went to support him. I used to sit there. And then I identified a GA. I said, yeah, I'm a gambler too. That was in 207. Um, and I haven't gambled since the day I, I, I said that that prayer outside that thing. But I, then I went to GA and I started learning about about the illness. I call it the illness. People, I, I, don't, I don't think it's addiction. I think it's an illness. It's, yeah. And that's, that's it, basically. I've been going there since. Yeah. Talking about going to your first GA meeting, so what was it that, that attracted you to stay at GA? Yeah, I didn't like gambling. A lot of people say they like gambling. I didn't like it. I liked the money. For one, I was happy. But then, I, yeah, I, GA was more when I got there because I knew in AA, I stopped drinking. I seen my life get better emotionally and spiritually. It got better. And I seen people around me. So when I went to GA, I looked at their program because I knew a little bit about the program for AA. AA is a bit different than GA. It's got it's bigger, and I just liked the fourth step inventory. I just liked the way it was, what it what it said, you know, about like you know, there's a program of living, and I, and I just I just got attracted. I just I knew a little bit about it, but I, yeah, I just liked the program. I knew that I was a gambler and and, and had financial stability up there, like in the fourth step. It, it talked about the financial side and I thought, yeah, I was no good financially. I've never been good at that. I've never been good at financial stuff. So I was always, you know, I was always crap at it. I mean, I was always spending money in pubs or gambling or whatever, women or just always no good at it. I'm a little bit and I spend, I didn't know how to, and I, and I look at it and it's set up there, you know, I looked, I read the books and, you know, the dream world of, of a gambler, I was always optimistic, and there's nothing wrong with being optimistic. Was I, I was over optimistic, you know, stuff like that, where I I knew I was always dreaming. I know you could put it into reality, but I was always dreaming. I wasn't, yeah, I was just in dream world, and that talked about it in the in in the in the combo books that they read you know, that we read, and a lot of stuff like that that I could relate to. For the first time, I was honest to myself. And I learned about honesty in the programs. You know, I wasn't honestly stealing. I wasn't that type of person. I did steal, but but I wasn't I wasn't born like that when I grew up. I, my morals were different. But when I gambled, I did steal and do stupid stuff. But when I got there, I knew the honesty wasn't about the stealing because I, the honesty was to look at myself and my my the way I I think. And and sometimes, yeah, like. Yeah, and a lot, and and they describe me in, in in the chapters in the books that we that you go and read. And I used to, yeah, I used to do a lot of that stuff. And I used to think, Jesus, I relate to it a lot. Yeah. So, um, do you want to talk about sort of the, I guess, your life as a gambler? What what sort of things it, it caused you to do? Well, it destroyed my marriage. I didn't want it anyway. I didn't know how to give it up. Uh, it destroyed that. Uh, I would I'd go back and do that again. I'll just say this time just doesn't work, and I'll just leave. You know, it doesn't work. So I, I mean, it destroyed destroyed me financially, destroyed me emotionally and spiritually. It was it was destroying me because I've always been in touch with something. I've always believed in something. I'm not religious, but I always believed in some you know something. Because good things always used to happen to me. Because I'm not. A, I, I never thought I was a bad person. I just thought you know, things, situations, and. I remember you know, jumping cabs, you know, and that's okay when you got no money and, and, and you're fearful. But I did it one time when I had money and I thought, why are you jumping a cab when you got money? So that money was for gambling, you know what I mean? I wanted to hold on to it and I nearly got run over by him and never done it again. And that was good because I didn't want to do it anymore. I did it a few times and I thought, why am I doing this? I was at an age like, you don't do this sort of stuff, you know. 
I was dating a woman. I don't know if I was dating or not. I didn't know what I was. She, she was like my mother, to be honest. And I, I used to think, why, why am I here? Like she used to say to me, Tony, you know, you, I'm a very simple person. And I used to be very complicated. I remember her picking me up from the city. I was on the street. I rang her up. That sort of hit me home. That that was, you know, things like that. That that's emotional since hurting someone else. You know, hurting myself was okay at the time, but hurting someone else, I felt the good spirit in her. You know, because I didn't feel that good in myself. You no, know? I felt her goodness helping me, but I didn't, know, you know, I didn't know how to repay it back. And that was that's no good. I know now today it's not a very good thing. You know, I still pray for this woman. You know that she was put in my path at that time. You know, things like that, you know, going, I used to go to a lot of different places and, yeah, I remember going to uh, different clubs and doing stupid things. I remember going to um, 2000, I won some money in well, my local local suburb and I, it was about a thousand bucks and I, I caught a cab to the crowd and I remember Melbourne playing this football club and they lost the grand final and I just got there and I, they were in some, one of the bars then. I, I just lost all that thousand bucks in about 10 minutes. And I didn't know what to do. And I just walked up to them and told them they were crap. I said, you guys are crap. How could you just lose that game? Who would do that? So I've done a lot of stuff, you know, like saying things. And, you know, that's, that's one instance. You know, there's a lot of instances like that, you know, that I got myself into, into trouble. Yeah, it sounds it. Yeah. So talking about your parents then, how much do they help you to, to recover? Parents can help you. I mean, I remember, my, like I said, I went back to my dad's place after the divorce. I was, I was in the group of gambling. I, I, was, I thought if I go back, they might help. And like I said, I asked him a few things. And I remember one time coming home four or five o'clock in the morning. And I, I mean, I wasn't 18. I was about 30, about 30, 29. I still remember it. And I put my jeans up and all the money fell. I had a few coins and he, and he just walked downstairs. And normally he'll yell. He just looked at me and he just went, he just shook his head and said, oh, no, you're worse than you're 18. And I, and I never forget it that day. And I just went, I know, I, I don't know how to change this. That's, so it did help a little. Uh, and then I built a place with him. He had a block of land and the money I gave him, we built a place. So he helped me with stuff like that. But they can't help. I mean, they can only tell you, you know, the truth. and. At the time, the trip, I couldn't take the truth. I just, I, it had nothing to do with gambling. I just, I was upset with my life and then my past life. It was, you know, I was really resentful for it. And I used to blame him. I used to think, you didn't do a good enough job with my marriage. You should have been nice. I didn't tell him this. This is what I think. <laughs> I was just blame. I was a good blamer at the time. Yeah, yeah. I was a good blamer, you know. They were all right. They let me stay there. They helped me financially, you know. They moved out. I told them it'd be better. Never got better, you know. Because emotionally, it's hard on parents, you know. I mean, now that I understand it, I mean, how can they help you? They can only help you so much. They'll say, don't go. We, that's what we do. I mean, you can only... But my dad wasn't a gambler. He, he, he wasn't a gambler. He never gambled. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Awesome. We might take another short break there, Tony. Oh, no. 
the ground Falling for you that last song was another Kate Lee song uh, called Stone to the Ground and both songs were courtesy of Australian Music Radio Airplay Project. Live at the Bowl is on now. The open air series returns from January to April with an exhilarating program of live performance. See some of the best homegrown and international acts on the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl stage. Share a picnic on the hill, take in a symphony at sunset, or dance the night away to your favourite musicians. Explore the full program at artscentremelbourne.com.au. A 3CR supporter. Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? 
Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it. This is the Living Free Show on 3CR Digital Radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. I'm talking with Tony and we're talking about compulsive gambling and his recovery through Gamblers Anonymous. So Tony, before the break, we were just talking about getting into Gamblers Anonymous. So what was the change in your life once you started, I guess, to accept the fact that gambling was a, a real problem to you? Well, once I got into the program, then I... I could relate and understand, you know, why I gambled and I could see all the, you know, all the negatives to it. And then sort of people sort of understood understood me and I understood them and then I could get help, basically, you know, um, by attending meetings. So once I started attending meetings, you know, the, it took time for, for the craving to go, you know. But the, I, went to, I went to like three meetings a week at least. You know, I try to do as much as I can. I, I try to get involved with the program. Like I got a sponsor and stuff like that, that it was suggested. And I could relate, you know, more. And I speak to someone about the situations in my life. So how important is getting a sponsor, do you think? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's good because the meeting only goes for an hour, hour and a half. I mean, what, what are you doing in the next 24 hours? You know what I mean? Um that's when I used to gamble. Who do you talk to? Like you asked me, my, my parents. I mean, with a sponsor, he can rely and, and give you some, you know, tools to use outside of it. You know, if I was upset about something, you know, I could ring someone and, you know, just, you know, let it out. You know, I didn't have to go to a venue and put all my money and get angry and event it there with a sponsor, you know, or a member or in the, in the, fellowship I could ring and have a chat with and they can just give me a few tips here there you know what their experience is and and that that helps that that really helps you know yeah it helps it helps a lot yeah yeah I I, I think it does just being able to um share your your thoughts and your feelings with somebody else certainly allows you to put them into perspective a lot more yeah yeah that's right you know we there's and the other factor is the fellowship there's other people there that you can you know, sponsors is one thing showing you what the program's about and how to get well, you know, through the process and and your potential, you know, because we lose we lose ourselves through gambling. I lost myself through gambling and, you know, like I said earlier, emotionally, spiritually, you know, and physically. And then when I got to, to the program, you know, I picked myself up, you know, I dusted myself off and I had people around me that were always there to help, you know encouragement or, or tough love it didn't really matter it was it, i needed everything you know and the program offers that the program ga offers that you know like it says you know you've got friends and 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 that's one thing i lost i, I was i was alone at, at one stage i had no one you know no family no nothing you know no friends it was just just the machine was my friend you know but when i got to the fellowship like i said the sponsor you know, I asked someone to, you know, I reached out. That's reaching out. You know, that's actually, I didn't know at the time, but that's a good thing because you're putting yourself there. You're being vulnerable, but, you know, someone can help you. And, and, and they're willing to do it. That's, that's, the, that's a gift. It's a gift, you know, people there to, to help you and know what you're going through. Yeah. 
because they've been through they've been through the same thing. Yeah. So have you been a sponsor yourself in GA? Yeah, I've I've sponsored. Yeah, I have. I've sponsored people. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I have. You know, you can only do your best. It's it's pretty it's pretty hard, you know. But you do your best. You know, you 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 try to you know show them what the program's about. You know, because it's not a you know the first step says you know we're powerless over gambling and our life becomes unmanageable. And then you got the rest of the steps to work on. You know, as long as we get the first step, I always say you know. The rest we just work at. You don't have to be 100% on them. You know, you can just work at them. You've got a lifetime, you know. But the first step, we need 100%. If you don't do the first step, well, you you're not you can't do the process. You know, the program's about not gambling. It's not about gambling, you know. But if you do gamble, you can always come back and restart, you know. There's no – no one tells you, you know, you've done the wrong thing. It's, that's what it's about. We're there to help. And that's – the sponsorship's about that. You know, you, you reach out or they reach out. You're always there for them and – if they if they reach out, you know, I'll catch up with them or, or discuss the process, you know, the program, or tell them a little bit about my experience and stuff like that. That that, you know, and then I'll suggest to do, you know, writing things down and you know, like you got twenty questions and you can, you know, go home and do it yourself and write about, you know, you know, look, the program's got tools there to to see where you're powerless over over gambling. Yeah. So um. Do you find it uplifting a bit to see people recover from gambling? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I was speaking to a member yesterday. He's been four years absent. Was he had to move, and I was his sponsor, and I feel really sad. And he moved, and he's doing well. You know, he got his kids back in his life, his wife, and you know, it's nice. Yeah, it is a good feeling seeing people get over it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's good when you see families, uh, men. Yes, it's touching. Yeah. So, obviously, stopping gambling helps with financial things, mm. but what about work and things like that? Has that improved since you stopped gambling? Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, you know, the dream, I don't dream anymore. Like, in, in that sense, I just, you know, the program taught me, you know, attending meetings and, and, and doing the process, you know, you put the work in and the results show up. Like I said, as a kid, I was always naive and, you know, I didn't know all these tools and that's why game, I was just trying to get the easy way out, you know. But when I started, you know, in 2007, you know, I always wanted to do things and, 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 and you know, I, I, I did the things I want to do, you know, even at an older age. I'm, I'm a bit older now. I'm in my, I'm in my 50s, yeah. But I remember going and I, I, I lost my job. Uh, I didn't care. I was just like, I didn't want to work there anymore, you know. So when I got a job in a call centre and all the young kids there. Yeah. And I was 40 and I thought, oh, this is what I want to do. The money was only, I used to get more money when I was 22. Yeah. But I didn't care about that. It was my ambition. I learned about ambition, you know. I wanted to do that. I was, I was, I was happy doing it. I mean, I had a lot of money because I always had money now. So it wasn't the money. It was the I was always had money on my pocket, you know. I never had money for 10 years. And you know, I, grew, I grew, you know, I did that. Then I got a job, another job in, uh, in another call center where it was a bit different, advanced test studios. And I became a consultant there. With, and then I started running that business, you know, it took me four, three, four years. And, you know, they taught me processes and stuff I could hear and I could listen, I could be part of. That's, that's what the fellowship taught me. You know, be part of. You know, don't have any fear. You know, just keep keep going. You know, keep trying, and turn up. 
you know. You know, I've got a home group in, in GA, you know, I turn up every week. I open the door. I'm a secretary there too now. I open the doors. And that's the same thing in, in, in anything you do, you know. I was always had that fear, you know. I wasn't good enough. And I just, just turn up and turn up. And now I run my own business. You know, it's been set, my longest job, actually, running my own business. Yeah. That, and it was an accident. It just happened overnight. And I deal with kids. And I, and I always wanted to be a chef. Um, so I do, I do, I do birthday parties for kids on weekends and I do cooking classes. I do holiday workshop classes for kids and I always love kids, always joy. And, and I love cooking, you know, you know, and it's fun. I enjoy it. And I run my own business being, it's been, I got it in 2016 and I've been running until now and it's, it's been good. I love it. You know, and I'm in a relationship now. I just moved, I just moved in with the person. Yeah. I've never done that. Since I was married, I did once, but it didn't last. But I don't know. I just moved in, and she's got kids, and I've got no fear. So my life's turned right around. You know, I just just did the next thing. If I don't gamble, I know. And like I said, you have to work the process of the program. There is things that I've written down in the program that I need to put action towards. Yeah. Like you asked me about school, I never done that. You know, at school, if I didn't think I was smart enough. I wouldn't do it. It was nothing or all. But in the program, what I've learned is I, I just have to put in a little bit, you know, and then I, when I get to a little bit, I do a bit more and I do a bit more. And then the spiritual side I love because the spiritual side, it helps me. Like, I didn't mean to get the business. I've always wanted to business. Like I said, I wanted to be a chef and now I'm doing it. I, I, I mean, I'm not a chef, but I, I still cook. I, I teach kids how to make, you know, teach them how to cook. Yeah to a set of making ingredients and I have a class every Thursdays with that in my business. So, you know, and I run it and I'm running a business. I, I never thought that. It's my longest job ever. <laughs> That's, That's what I love about. And it's mine and I'll have to turn up, you know. Yeah. There's no no turning up. Yeah. But that's that's the gift of the program. They taught me that every day. If you don't want to go, go. If you want to go, go. go. Well, I have to go all the time. They go, well, yeah. I went, okay, if I have to do I didn't know, I just... I just took on what people said and I just use it now with my business, you know, because that's fear. I get now what they meant. Just go, just keep going. But I was, you know, before gambling, I had a lot of fear and then gambling was just something that I ran to. It was just the, it's just the symptom that I need to not think about things. If my life's going good or shit, I'll just run, you know, today I don't, like I said, you know, when I got my business, I used to do meetings because I needed to, you know, some of the fear comes now, but I know what it is. It's healthy fear, you know. I just go, okay, I've got my higher power. He'll help me, you know. And I, and he's always put the right people on my path at the right time, and I believe that. That's what I believe, and I, and I still believe it. I, he always gives me what I need, you know. He always helps me through it, and that's through the process of the program. That's where I've learned it, you know. Um, it's in the third step, you know. Okay. Um, I was just going to ask, you said you've just got into a new relationship. Do you want to talk about how you've changed and your, you know, your ability to relate to people and connect with people? Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, connections are much better. I didn't understand connection with my heart. There's different connections, you know, with my heart. It's, I can work it, you know. I can be more loving. If I make a mistake, I can apologise. I can say I love you. I, I couldn't ever say that. I couldn't. I couldn't feel it. You know, like love for me was more sex. You know, and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with having a romantic connection. That's healthy. But today it's both. You know, you know, I can I can relate to both. And she's got kids too. And it's funny they're not my kids, but uh, I love them. They make me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
uh, and I and I and we shared things. And I'm thinking, and I've got a daughter. My daughter's 25. You know, I didn't. I she never lived with me, but I love my daughter. But I, you know, the connection I have now, it's like we were having a chat before you just called. You know, she was going out. We just sat down and we had a chat. You know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that with people. Actually, she she says that I give it that will and grace, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, it's through the process of what I do, you know, through GA, I've learned how to connect with people. It wasn't easy at the start. It wasn't easy, you know. People tell me today, Tony, you know, I'm, I said, I understand, I'm the same. I used to be like that, you know. And I can still be like that sometimes. I still make mistakes, but the difference is now I know I can apologise. I, I don't do it again, you know. I can learn through that, through that stuff, you know, through the process of the program, you know, and that's where I got it. I got it in the program with people helping me to, to be connected. I used to get jealous. Or I used to have, you know, all these character flaws that I didn't know, you know, I would run. Today, I know my weaknesses are my weaknesses, my strengths are my strengths. And I can, I can utilise them for goodness, you know. I always look at the goodness of it. But the relationship now is, you know, she asked me to move in and it's only been a week and a half. I've, I, I, I sold my place. So I moved in back with my mum for six months and then she sold her place. I didn't know this was going to happen. And then she goes, and I say, I'm going to go home. She goes, this is your home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm still having a little bit of fear here. And now I, I say that. It's only been a week, but I say that to her. You know what I mean? I said, just give me a bit of time because it's, it's a bit overwhelming, you know? Yeah. Because I've, ne- I've, never, I've never lived with the kids. If I've got a daughter, I never lived with, I mean, she never lived with me at all. She never slept in my place. I just allowed that when it was in the program. I never wanted to – I didn't want to annoy her, you know. I didn't want to get into fights. But, yeah, I can, I can be honest with her and things like that. That's a good thing, you know. That's, that's what I always wanted, you know, to have that loving – you know, and, and if you, if you dis- disagree in something, I don't, have to, I don't have to be angry or yell or anything. I can just, you know, just – I can – you know, we can have a discussion about it. And I've never had things like that. Yeah, yeah. Whether I can control my side, you know, I can't control her side. I've learned that. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what you said about sponsorship. I can't control anyone else. I say, I suggest things to people. If they want to do them, I can't make it do them. That's what I've learned. With the process of going to G, I've learned that I can't control people. I can explain things. I can elaborate things, but if they don't want to do it, I, I don't get hard at it. You know, I'm not like before, like controlling or, or stuff like that. It, and that's a beautiful thing for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it is really nice, isn't it, to be able to do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never, that's why, you know, going back, I, I never knew how to do things like that. You know, I never, I, I never knew. And now, I don't blame my parents. My parents used to talk all the time, but I don't think I was around to listen to them. I was very self-centered. I just do what I want. Yeah. You know, and and very selfish, you know, and things like that. But now I know that stuff has helped me. I can go back and go, yeah, I can see points with these kids if they are like that. I can, I don't have to yell at them. I can, like yesterday, I took a daughter out for she wanted to go to Cayman and buy some lights, and then I wanted to buy some more stuff. I know she's playing, and if I can afford it, I'll buy it for her. I said, as long as, and then we had a great chat with her in the car, and I said, great chat. She goes, yeah, thanks. And I said, yeah, you too, thanks. And she's just. I've learned this. I deal with kids now, you know, with my business. And, you know, took I, I could not do this job if I didn't get healthy. And, you know, like people say to him, how do you do it? How do you put up with it? I said, I love them. Yeah. That's good. Well, nothing to do with business. They're all joyful. Because I see joy in people, then, you know, things like that. Like I said, if they're good people, I can see the joy of everyone. No one's perfect. But, yeah, the relationship is actually pretty good. I, I'm sort of enjoying it. 
I just take it day by day, like the program's taught me to take my life. Yeah. That's what yeah. I've learned. Because before when I got married, I used to look in the future. I can't wait until I get the big house. I can't wait and get this. I can't wait. I thought it would change me. No, I just I, I like the simple things, you know, the big things they'll come. And that's all it is, you know. If you get a nice car, just the car at the end of the day, it's just a novelty. But the little things like being kind, being there, saying that you're gonna do it and you do it, you know, that's the trust. Things like that. But not that I was that bad when I was growing up. I just, I'll get angry and then I'll, like I said something a couple of days ago and I went back and I apologized. I said, sorry, I just didn't mean, to, I, don't, I don't know why I said that. I just, I suppose I said it was just a little bit frightened of the situation. She goes, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, it's new to me and I don't mean to say things. I just get fearful and I can be honest. That's the truth, you know, and then people can relate to that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. They can learn through it themselves, and then she's honest with me. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that through – that's what I've learned through the program. It's not easy to do, but I've been around a long time to understand that. But, you know, I mean, newcomers, to be honest, people say, how do you do it today? And I said, I've been coming. I mean, I still read stuff in, in the process. I don't know what it means, you know, because we always reading something in the program. And I go back, I go, geez, I've read this 15 times, but it means something different now. Yeah. And I said, that's just the growth in me, you know, the maturity of it. Yeah. And I'll just take that out and use it in my relationship and be, like I said, to be kind, honest, have humility. That's the program's taught me that. And and generous, you know, these are the, the keystones. Oh, humble, sorry, not generous, humble. Yeah. Okay. Well, if anybody would like to find out more about Gamblers Anonymous, uh, you can phone them in Victoria on 0396966108 or you can go online at gaaustralia.org.au for more information about meetings and phone contacts throughout Australia. That's about all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Tony for sharing his gambling recovery story with us and talking about how Gamblers Anonymous helped him. Thanks, Tony. Oh, thank you. I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll feature a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR with Alternative, a weekly show focusing on international solidarity with First Nations people across the world. We need to keep Radical Voices on air Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377.